Hello, dear friend, and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heaven Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw, and I'm so glad that I am able to share with you the word for this Sunday. With the Feast of the Epiphany, we see that the incarnation, the mystery of God's love for us in Jesus, reaches to every single person. And now all the people of the earth can be part of God's family. Let's open our minds and our hearts to welcome the Word of God. Let us pray. O God, who on this day revealed your only begotten Son to the nations by the guidance of a star, granting your mercy that we, who know you already by faith, may be brought to behold the beauty of your sublime glory through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child, when you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After the audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until he came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. With our eyes still fixed on the nativity set, we take another step. And today we rejoice because we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany. Now we see that the zoom is getting larger and larger. We started by focusing on Jesus, then the Holy Family, then Mary, and now goes to the whole world. And we rejoice because indeed we see a lot of good news being proclaimed in this liturgy, celebrated in this liturgy. 
So we're going to put the good news face on, right? So that we can receive it properly. The Feast of the Epiphany is very dear to me because not only because of the proclamation that we hear, the message that the Word has given us, but it, it fills my memory with a lot of wonderful stories that I had growing up. Because you see, in, in Naples, Italy, uh, when I was growing up, we received the gifts on this day, on the Epiphany, not on Christmas. Why? Well, because Jesus got the gift and we got the gift. And the beauty of the fact is that we woke up and all the gifts were around our bed. Because obviously, you know, there is a star, the Magi, they must have been, although in the United States there is the drummer boy, like that's really disturbing, no, you know, in the middle of the night, like what are they doing? But anyway, so because Jesus woke up and uh, the, the Magi came at night because of the star, obviously uh, Jesus woke up and the gifts were there and that's why we used to receive the gifts on our beds. And uh, so, as you can imagine, it's, um, it's a very dear um, moment. But what is the proclamation that we hear today in the Word? Well, we, first of all, we are invited to contemplate and behold God's sublime glory. But the opening prayer uses a particular word that for some strange reason struck me as particularly important for me this year, and I'm sharing this with you. The opening prayer invites us to contemplate the sublime glory of God, but he calls us the beauty of the sublime glory of God. The glory of God is presented to us as something that is beautiful. Now we know that as human beings, we are attracted to things that are beautiful we are really moved toward beauty. For example, if under the Christmas tree you see two Christmas gifts, two gifts, one is beautifully wrapped, right? Beautiful paper, the bows, the things, and very nice. And the other one is wrapped by me, just with paper, maybe, you know, something. I'm really bad at doing those things. Where will you be attracted? You will go to the one that is most, the more beautiful one. When we see something in the street, a window in a, in, a, in a store or something, and if it's beautiful, it's that we automatically go there. We are attracted by what is, what we consider to be beautiful. Now, when God reveals himself to us, he always reveals to us in a way that we can understand, and now we even understand something more about God's revelation that he reveals himself to us with things that we understand, but also things that we consider to be beautiful and attractive. So it could very well be that something that you consider beautiful in your life, something attractive, could be a hobby or a discipline like literature, like math, science, whatever it is, okay? Anything is absolutely, that we consider beautiful, can remind us that behind it, there is someone who is saying, Hey, it's me. I have to tell you, you know that I spent nine years in Ocean City, Maryland, and for whatever reason, in Ocean City, there were the most incredible sunsets, especially in, 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 the, in the summer and in the fall. I mean, colors, they are incredibly vibrant and beautiful. And I, considered, I discovered that they are incredibly beautiful. 
Sunset, you know, how many sunsets have I seen? And yet, all of a sudden, I realized how beautiful they were. And they were sometimes so powerfully beautiful that I had to pull over, if I was driving, and just take them all in. And I knew that behind, God was saying, yeah, isn't that beautiful? Yeah, I did it for you. Yeah. And I knew there was something that helped me to go into another dimension, the dimension of the sacred. So what is that about? Well, the good news today is this, that in revealing himself to us, God is telling us today that his love covers all the people of the earth. So what God is doing in Christ is that now he is reaching out to all the peoples, not just the Jewish people, but now all people. And Paul tells us in the second reading that now both Jews and Gentiles are equally able to relate to God. That now all people of the earth are co-partners. We are there together. We are working together because we are all members of God's family. And, and I checked it. When he says all people, he really meant all people. So how about the people I don't, we don't like? Are they part of the same kingdom? Yes, they are. How about people who don't believe in God? Are they part of God's family? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They don't know, but yes, they are. From the point of view of God, God made it. He is signal reaches out to every single person. And we rejoice. Why? Because now we are in. Okay? Because when we hear about the Gentiles, we are those Gentiles. Okay, so I rejoice. I hope you join me in this rejoicing because now we can be part of God's family. Amen? Amen. That's good news, I hope. All right, yay. Now we see how this works. And look at this. I told you that God always uses something attractive to make us look towards him. We see the Magi. And it, it's a beautiful story, isn't it? First of all, I know I have to. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to tell you. These guys are not kings. I know the song says that we three kings are but they are really Magi, period. Magi is the plural of magus. Um, uh, sounds like magician, doesn't it? But they are not to be confused like the type of, quote-unquote, magicians like um, Gandalf or Dumbledore would be in uh, current movies and things, okay? Um, those are wizards. They were actually astronomers. They were considered to be, um, it's anachronistic to use the word scientist, but that's the concept. They were professional. They were studying the nightly sky, and they were tracing um, the celestial bodies, and they were able to figure things out just by observing. So they are pretty cool, but they are looking at the world, and imagine studying the night sky every day as a professional. It must be incredibly awesome. They've seen wonderful things, the Milky Way, the stars. Everything is beautiful, but in the middle of all these beautiful things, something more beautiful shows up, okay? And there is this poof, and they go, oh, look at that, isn't that cool? And it was so cool that they responded to that instinct. And they said, you know, I'm gonna follow. This is, this is worth searching. This is worth figuring out. What is going on? And they believed it so much that they got on the journey. Now, God invites us in the same way to turn our eyes and say, look at the beautiful things all around. He's showing himself as the most beautiful. And he says, would you look? 
But sometimes we're not capable of really contemplating him face to face, so God woos us with these other things. All right, so what do they do? They go and they follow, and as they are going, they are realizing that behind the event, that beautiful thing that they are contemplating, the question to ask is not what is going on, but who is behind this? Because by the time they reach King Herod, they ask the right question. They say, where is the newborn king? So they understood that behind this event, there is a person that they're looking for. And that's already a step of revelation. See, they're searching. Now, I understand King Herod being highly perturbed, and all Jerusalem with them. Like, how many kings can there be in a kingdom? One. Even though we have, like, the queen and the queen mother, like, even in the church, we have the pope and Pope Emeritus. But only one person can sit on the throne, right? So King Herod knows that if there is a newborn king of the Jews, the old king of the Jews has to go bye-bye. And King Herod didn't like that at all. And because of who King Herod was and how he dealt with problem, I understand why all Jerusalem was not happy either. Remember the story that King Herod, when he realizes that the Magi have not returned to tell him, he kills, he had all the, kill, uh, the children killed. You remember there is that story. And, but the, what the gospel doesn't tell us, but the historians do, is that King Herod was so attached to the power that even he had three of his children killed. That's why Jerusalem said, you don't want to keep that king unhappy because you don't know what he's going to do. And apparently he had the reputation of being very strange, but that's okay. So now they go there and they go, what is the newborn king of the Jews? Like, ooh, okay. Well, King Herod finds out it's in Bethlehem. Now, there is something there incredibly strange, Isaac. King Herod says to the Magi, you know, guys, you go and search diligently for the child. Find him, and then send me a text so that later on I can go and find out. Like, dude, don't you think it's worth for you to go and check this guy out? Yeah, your future depends on it. These guys coming from far are looking for the child, and what you do, you stay home? Really? Come on, it doesn't even happen when we have, you know, if there is an accident on the road, we, we, what do we do? We try to figure out what's going on. We want to be part of it. Imagine there is someone uh, famous walking down here on Main Street. Well, we all go and find out, right? But no, King Herod said at home, like, nah, so many things. You know, I'm binge watching something on TV. But, but sometimes it happens to us as well. God is here ready to welcome us to be found by us, and we send somebody else. Like, hey, I'm going to go next Sunday. That's a major call for us, to find out how am I responding to the invitation of Christ saying, come, I'm already here. Engage me. Find me because I found you. Turn your eyes on me. So they go and they're overjoyed because now they know where to encounter this newborn king. And they go and they found it. Did you notice that they enter the house? Meaning, obviously, in our celebration, we put all these holidays together, but they must have happened, uh, you know, it must have taken a longer time because obviously Joseph and Mary must have found a rental or something because they actually, there is a house now. 
But anyway, regardless, they go, they find him, and they bring gifts to the newborn king. And it's incredible that this journey culminates with this encounter. And the only thing that they can do is, here, I have something for you. Isn't that beautiful? That's what love, when you realize that you are loved so much, you respond in kindness. How about us? How about our journey? Are we willing to look for him who is the most beautiful? Is there anything that attracts us? And are we willing to follow what God has put us into our hearts? Are we willing to take the risk and move towards, oh, we have always done it this way, to let me see what this child is all about? And are we willing to look diligently for the child this year? Sometimes I have to tell you, I was looking for God. I really, it was part of my life when I really felt I really wanted to make sure that this God that everybody talked about was part of my life. But I never made the step. I was always home. I was, even though I would go to church, but I would never really look for Jesus in my life. It's time for us to follow the star. It's time for us to follow the most beautiful one, the one that attracts us, and we will know that as we follow him, not only we will be filled with joy, but in a way, just by going by another way, by changing the way we do things, we will find ourselves truly in the Father's house. And that's as we continue to pray. We want to thank the Lord that he is revealing himself to us as the one who embraces all people of the earth. We, my friends, we who believe that Jesus is born, that he now lives in our midst and in us, can claim that we have only brothers and sisters around us. And with that mindset, we can continue to help each other to go in the right direction and figure out that indeed the presence of Christ in our lives changes us, fulfills us, but invites us to take a step that will bring us closer and closer to the divine. I hope that you feel inspired to follow something beautiful, more beautiful in your life so that you can encounter Christ. I wish you well and I pray for you and I hope that you will remember me uh, in your prayers as well. God bless and God willing, I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.